Hello my friend, I'm Sean, your guide on a new adventure through the world of meditation in my new podcast, Mindfulness for Gamers. Each episode, I'll take you through how focusing your awareness can help you feel less anxious and frustrated and put you on the path of happiness, all explained through your favourite game franchises like Pokemon and Stardew Valley. To find out more, follow the link in the description. We can make our lives hugely complicated, adding stress and anxiety, chasing after future happiness. How do we simplify things down so we can be happy in the here and now? Welcome to Mindfulness for Beginners. Hello my friend, hope you're happy, hope you're peaceful. It's your old pal Sean and this is your notice to get your entries in for the competition as I will be announcing the winner next week. All you have to do is to listen and leave a review for my new podcast, Mindfulness for Gamers. The link is in the description and you can ask me for whatever you want. I can't guarantee that I'll deliver it, but I will do my best. I've had some really creative asks so far. I was expecting give me 50 quid, Sean, and you can ask for 50 quid if that's what you want and you can have it. But examples of entries so far include creating a guided meditation for our heroic health workers, sometime chatting with me, which is nice, a personalized guided meditation for someone who's suffering, and one person has asked me to do an entire episode in Irish, which is kind of terrifying and exciting at the same time. I only know snippets of Irish, so it would be a challenge, but a fun one to be sure. I'm going to draw the name on Friday, announce the winner on Saturday's podcast, so get your entries in as soon as you can. Not that many people have entered, so you've got a great chance. I've enjoyed this so much, I'm going to create a new competition different to this one, and I'll let you know a little bit more about that next week. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about one of my favourite historical characters, the Greek philosopher Diogenes, the man who lived in a wine barrel on the street, didn't give a flying falafel what anyone thought of him, and was quite happy to take the piss out of the cultural elite within Athens and Corinth. In return, some looked down on him, uh, called him a dog, which is where the word cynical comes from, the name of Diogenes' school of thought, but it also means canine. Diogenes rewarded those who called him a dog by living up to their expectations and biting their ankles. Others recognised him for the visionary he was and tried to convince him to accept their patronage. I mentioned last time that Alexander the Great offered him anything he could dream of, kind of like the competition I'm running, and Diogenes asked him to step out of the sun so he could work in his tan. What I forgot to say two weeks ago was that arguably the greatest emperor in the history of the world said, were I not Alexander, I would be Diogenes. That was Diogenes in a nutshell. Quite rude, but also quite principled. He believed in living simply to the point where he refused to have possessions, including clothes. The last thing he owned was a bowl that he ate and drank out of. He went down to the river to get some water saw a child cupping his hands in the water. On seeing this, he laughed and threw his bowl, his last possession, away, saying, Fool that I am to have been carrying superfluous baggage all this time. I love this guy. He wasn't even interested in having a funeral after he died. He said to his students, When I die, throw my body from the town walls. 
His students were shocked and asked him, but master, if we do that, the wolves will eat your corpse. Diogenes replied, then give my corpse a stick so I may fight the wolves. He's one of the few people in history, like Thich Nhat Hanh, who truly lived the philosophy that they espoused. And for that, it's hard not to admire him, despite some of his less kind actions. But why was living simply to the point of sleeping naked in a wine barrel so important to Diogenes? Well, he saw material wealth and social status as vehicles we use to distract ourselves from our true way of being, our innate nature. He didn't believe that he could be his authentic self if he was preoccupied with power, wealth and status. This might sound familiar. I hope it does sound familiar. I think I've probably banged on about how we use consumption and future happiness to distract ourselves from our current experience, particularly our suffering. I won't retread what I've said many times. It's covered in previous episodes. But what I did want to talk about was simplifying your life. It's very easy to get caught up in what we think we should be doing, what we think we need to be doing, what we're expected to be doing. And we do it for so long, maybe generation after generation, that it's difficult to even imagine a different life. The principles of mindfulness imply a kind of minimalism, certainly in our consumption, but also in our aspirations for the future and our status in the present. I find whenever I listen to other mindfulness podcasts, read articles, particularly social media posts, that meditation is sometimes presented as a vehicle for achieving your ambitions or unlocking the ultimate version of you, your final form. How do you get success with mindfulness? Achieve your goals using meditation. I don't think you need me to tell you that this is an upside down way to look at spirituality. Prosperity and material wealth is an obstacle to discovering your true nature and Diogenes knew this. Jesus knew this as well. That's what he meant when he said that it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Money and success get in the way of our spiritual well-being. In the West, we're obsessed with the grind. There's a great article by the Resilience Institute which talks about the impacts of the grind set, as it's called. It's not just about working hard. It's about working constantly. It's a mindset fixed on achieving goals at all costs, characterized by the inability to switch off and step back. It's the never enough and always more approach, regardless of the toll that it takes in our lives. Needless to say, this is the path of suffering. And the culture of achievement is everywhere now, pushed hard on social media, films, television. The startup culture, as it's sometimes called, is everywhere and creating expectations, particularly in young people, that you need to work constantly to achieve your goals and be happy. There's plenty of examples of self-help gurus who push this philosophy. Grant Cardone's The Ten Times Rule urges readers to take massive action, working ten times harder than others to avoid mediocrity and achieve success. Gary Vaynerchuk's Crush It is a call to turn passions into a lucrative career. This is something that I'm extremely wary of in my own life. I'm passionate about mindfulness and I love creating a podcast, 
but I have to be careful not to get lost in trying to achieve goals. For example, being attached to the number of listeners. This episode is already getting way too long and I've probably stood in my soapbox long enough. So let's talk about what we can practically do to simplify our lives. The first thing is to let go of greatness, let go of goals and enjoy the life that we have. I used to want to push as hard as I could in my day job, get as senior as I could. If you asked me why I was doing it, I would probably come up with a justification along the lines of, well, we need more leaders from a working class background and we need leaders that value compassion and people's feelings. And hey, why not me, right? The, the truth is that I had and still have a need to prove myself in other people's eyes. The difference is now I'm aware of it and can choose not to act on it. You don't need to be great. You only need to be. And the other aspect of work that's important in simplifying our lives is making sure that we're not taking on too much. We can sometimes feel that we have to say yes. Our seniors can put pressure on us to take on more and more. But it's really important to set reasonable boundaries to ensure that we have space to enjoy our lives. And I'm going to share a magic word that can make work go away. And that magic word is no. Not everyone in work has the luxury of saying no, healthcare workers being a good example. But for most people, we can push back to some extent. And this applies outside work too. If you don't have the capacity, if you need rest, then get used to saying no. If you're feeling overwhelmed inside and outside work, try setting no as your default. It's a kind no, it's an understanding no, but it is no. Only say yes if you can reflect on a request for at least a couple of hours and convince yourself that it's the right thing to do. We can't make the world a more peaceful place if we aren't peaceful ourselves. We can also simplify our lives outside work Make a list of what you spend your time doing. Prioritize those activities that are wholesome and add to your peace, your mental health. Look at the activities that add to your stress. It might be that some of them are carried out for very good reasons, like caring for your children. Other activities, you might question why you're doing them at all. Maybe out of habit, maybe out of a sense of obligation. Drop one of these activities and see how it feels and keep dropping activities until you feel that you have the space in your life each day to stop, to become still in your body and simply be. And finally, spend some time disconnected from the internet. This is something that I'm inviting myself to do as well. Try to disconnect completely for a day every so often. Leave what's called a, an out of office message on your personal email if you have to. Go somewhere that you can't plug in Give yourself a budget for online time each day. If you find your mind becoming restless, don't worry. That's just your monkey mind looking for a branch to swing on. Let it jump around and wait for it to settle. So where are we with this extremely long episode? We have two extremes. Diogenes lying naked in a wine barrel at one end and Alexander the Great standing across civilizations at the other. The Buddha talked about a middle way, not being dogmatically glued to principle like Diogenes, but also not allowing yourself to get lost in achievement like Alexander. The middle way is being in the world, but not of the world. So 
Try this week to make one change to simplify your life, creating that space and see how that makes you feel. So we're going to start right now with a guided meditation. We're going to keep it really simple. We're just going to do our old friend, Kami's. So we're going to start with three sounds of the bell and the usual settling in introduction. We're going to start as we always do by applying our beginner's mind to your posture. So I would invite you to imagine that you have a thread attached to the crown of your head and it's gently pulling you upwards into an upright position. Your spine like a stack of coins, your heart raised upwards and outwards, your hands comfortably in your lap. And just allowing a gentle smile to emerge in your face as we take a moment to enjoy the stability of our posture. And then expanding that spotlight of awareness to your entire body. Noticing where you feel warm or cold. Noticing where you feel tense or relaxed. Becoming aware of the sensation of the clothes against your skin. And the points of contact between your body and the chair and the floor. And shifting that spotlight of awareness to your thoughts and feelings. And as we go through the guided meditation, just noticing each thought as it arises. And that might be an anxious thought about tomorrow. It could be a happy thought about today. Or a sad thought about yesterday. Just sitting with each thought for a moment. Allowing it to leave. And then gently, and without judgment, bringing your attention back to your breath. And finally, focusing your awareness on the breath, 
noticing that column of air between your nose and your diaphragm. Noticing how your shoulders rise as you breathe in. How your stomach falls as you breathe out. Breathing in, I know I am breathing in. Breathing out, I know I am breathing out. In, out. Breathing in, my breath grows deep. Breathing out, my breath goes slow. 
deep, slow. Breathing in, I calm my body and my mind. Breathing out, I ease everything. Calm, ease.
breathing in. I smile. Nothing is as important as my peace. Breathing out. I release. I let go. Smiling. Releasing. Breathing in, I establish myself in the present moment. Breathing out, I realise it is a wonderful moment. Present moment, wonderful moment.
as we reach the end of the guided meditation. Just taking a moment or two to notice any changes in your body. Noticing any areas of relaxation. Any areas of discomfort or tension. And taking a moment to stretch those. Noticing any changes in your mind. And if you feel a sense of calm or peace, then I would invite you to carry that through the rest of your day. And finally, opening your eyes, returning your awareness to the room that you're in. And just before we finish, your mindfulness homework for this week. So we're going to practice saying no rather than taking too much on going to identify when we're choosing to take on too much and look deeply into the reasons why. I'm going to map out what we're spending time doing and seeing where you can cut back to create space for stillness and mindfulness. And I'm going to set ourselves a budget, a time limit for being online. I'm going to do it as well so we can do it together. And don't forget that this week is the last chance to enter the competition. I would really love to know what your idea for a prize is. And may you be happy. May you be peaceful. And may you see yourself through the eyes of understanding and compassion. Slana will you? And I'll see you next time.